This tweet, which we can bring up onto the screen, 27th of May this year. I'm saying this out loud. I do not believe that Labour under Jeremy Corbyn will poll 38%. I will happily, happily, in fact, eat my new Brexit book if they do. Now, your book is Brexit, Why Britain Voted to Leave the European Union. You are a man of your word, Matthew. Well, indeed I am. I was surprised that Jeremy Corbyn added two percentage points uh, or got two percentage points more than I had expected. And I did say that I would uh, eat this book, which is available at all good uh, bookstores. Um, two percentage points makes a big difference. I am a man of my word. So what here I'm going to do is just sit here and eat my book while you guys carry on. Super. Well, I'm sure a lot of you will be pleased to see that. Uh, just quickly, um, consistency strong and stable or is it a bit weak and wobbly, that paper? He's got his mouth full, I hear. Well, there we go. <laughs> no, no, he's still, yeah, how was it? How was it, Matthew? It's, it's actually a hardback. There are lots of chemicals, but I've got to get through the whole thing. So. OK, well, we'll leave you to get through it, and hopefully some of your uh, Twitter supporters are happy with uh, you keeping your promise to the world of social media. Thank you very much, both Matthew Goodman and Craig Beaumont there. Wasn't expecting that when I came in today, I can tell you that. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, What's Chris? Well, we know who the hard who, left are in the you know, I, ascendancy I, within, the, within the Labour Party. Who associate with the hard left? You just said that we were right to right wing. Hard left agenda: printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left. The 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 hard left. Hard left. Hard left. The hard left. The hard left. 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 I asked him what he thought of Corbyn. He's an old socialist, but he hasn't got no fire in his belly. You've got to have fire in your belly. You've got to stand up and fight and talk. You've got to have a single tongue like them, like we got. But you've got to have the fire in you. Yours will go around here. Anything wrong up in our valley, the women and kids would be marching down the road. Stop the buses, this and that, and they'd soon have something. Now they're just like this. Pulls a miserable face. Thank you. You've been listening to the first in a new series called James Bloodworth's Entirely Fake Welsh Mining Tales. And now, The Real Politic Podcast. We're back. We won, we fucking won! We fucking won! Listening to the Real Politic Podcast post-election special yes. with me, Kieran Morris, and me, Jack Frayne Reed. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! We fucking won. <laughs> this is fucking wild, man. <laughs> right. So, how should we do this? Should we start from where were you when that exit poll came out? What was that first instinct reaction like? How was it? You were out. I was out. Yeah. yeah. So when the exit poll dropped, I was actually not just on a train, but I was on the underground, so I didn't have any signal. Was two minutes before the exit poll, my signal dropped out. I was just like, we passed one, one station, and I was just like, I saw we were going into a tunnel, I was like, oh, fuck, like, you know, <laughs> like, hopefully, like, it will just, my, my internet will stay for, like, two more minutes. No, so about, like, <laughs> five minutes later than everyone else saw it, I, uh, I uh, got, off, got off my train, 
walked up out into Islington, and then it wasn't, and then the fucking, man, my phone, like, just wasn't immediately getting signal again. Oh, So mate. I was just scrolling and scrolling <laughs> and scrolling, like, fuck you. And then I saw it, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like, really all sort of, like, tingly hands kind of moment. It's like, fuck, right, right, okay, so that's, that's not a majority, shit. Because, I mean, like, in the day, like, I don't know, and I hadn't wavered as such, but, like, I just had this little sinking feeling of, oh, you know, what if it's just mm-hmm. something nasty, a 20-seat, a 20-seat majority. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, we, we're we going to have to, like, do so much damage limitation. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to be out there telling people not to get disheartened. We're going to have, like, fucking Cooper or Ramuna by the end of the night oh. trying to take the leadership back off us. I was, like, all day just out of my fucking mind, so worried that they were just going to get... Uh, fairly okay increase on what they had and then when that exit yeah. poll came through i i just fucking lost it i was I like this is wrong it. i was like they fucked it up because i mean i thought that in 2015 as well i was like that yeah, tory majority bullshit but both exit polls have actually been like pretty accurate <laughs> like, yeah like pretty dead on like like well done to uh to whoever's doing the counts <laughs> like, oh i got kb like. by them like i felt so awkward i was so like psyched after voting like i strolled in put my like um slip away for new mp for battersea Marsha de cordova mm. and then i came out and then like i saw like the comrades people were at the side and like i go up all sort of like still like fired up it's like okay oh, come on where's the survey come on <laughs> And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, we only poll, like, every 20 people that come in. You're... I'm sorry, mate, you can't be in the poll. Uh... I was like, what the f- who the fuck do I tell? People need to, I need to inflate the figures in some way. <laughs> That's, like, early in the Corbyn era when I signed up to YouGov, because I saw that we weren't doing too well in the polls, and I was just like, <laughs> if, if I fill out all these polls then that will you know just boost the left's numbers on any given issue but i yeah i, I found it pretty boring and i uh, never really went back to yougov after the initial, uh, <laughs> the initial activity. Flurry. yeah <laughs> you think that's the whole point of like you know i'm gonna sign up and like rebalance everything in the left's favor but that's actually like that's literally their whole strategy for the people <laughs> who sign up to these things it's just people who want to like aggressively correct one side or the other mm. so like it's a good strategy but that, that's also like all of polling so that's how they get you <laughs> so did you say you've got a new oh sorry if i'm sounding a bit croaky today guys oh um, no it's fine have you did you say you've got a new mp yep marcia de cordova defeated the incumbent financial secretary to the treasury jane ellison ah. the woman responsible for plain packaging on cigarettes which <laughs> the one hand is very bad because you can't buy Tendex anymore. But on the other hand, has introduced the cigarette box with John Harris blowing cigarette smoke <laughs> into the face of a child, which is my favourite thing say, in the world. They're not quite blank, are they? They've got no. the country's leading Britpop expert <laughs> on there. <laughs> Giving a child emphysema. <laughs> All I need are cigarettes <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, last night was... Uh, I, I'm not a big drinker, I've said on the show before, but I couldn't resist last night. Oh, there are times when you've got to be. <laughs> because I was at the Lexington up in Islington with various other luminaries off of left Twitter. 
So um, it's a lovely pub, by the way. It is. It's, it's really. It's a really nice place. Yeah, and uh, it was just. It was like a great atmosphere there. There was um, somebody who you guys may have heard on the show there before hanging out. Pete begins. <laughs> who did a couple comrade special with us a little bit back. There was uh, Tristan Ross, Stan the Golden Boy. Stan Cross. Is Cross, it? that's it. Yeah. Cross, my bad. I always think it's Dross. I was like, I always confused, like, because that's his art, isn't it? Tristan Dross. Yeah. That's but no, was, he's like the brains sure. behind um, the JME video. Oh, Was yeah. it JME? Oh, um, oh. Skepta. The, it was the um, Wait, Chunky Skepta. Mark remix. The Magic oh, Money Tree the Magic video. Money Tree one. Was it JME who posted it? Ah, uh, yeah. I think I, it might have been. I think JME might have retweeted it. Yeah, that's the one. It might have been. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it was actually. You know, Ealing Labour for Corbyn. They do. Yeah. They do a lot of videos and memes and stuff. Oh, did you see the um, the Guardian meme page today? Oh, they I... wrote about was it the Corbyn memes that won it? I'm and they discussed the now. absolute boy. Yeah, that, I saw that the... made it. That made it to Chapo. <laughs> we, I, I listened to that episode of Chapo with our boy uh, Jonathan Shannon. Shannon. Jonathan Shannon. Sorry, I was literally talking to him earlier, and I can't pronounce his surname. <laughs> like my bad. But um, I, I, I don't even know if I picked up on the absolute boy bit in it. it was I think they open there. when they talk, they start calling him the boy. I think they might call him the absolute boy at one point. Okay. And of course, the Huffington Post ran, oh, man, ran yeah. today with the headline. This was on their American homepage, I think. They ran with the headline, May Day, Absolute Boy Forces Home Parliament. <laughs> Is this a dream? Like, is this it's literally a dream? to be true. And because it's, you know, it's two of our mates who introduced the absolute boy into the lexicon of British politics, into the new lexicon of the left. And it's, it's sticking. The boy is... So much is sticking. The boy is sticking. Slug <laughs> is fucking here to stay. Slug is not going anywhere. Melt. Toad is there. Melting. Bastano has done a lot of good work in popularising melt, I think. He's, he yeah. loves that one. Yeah, all of it seen off. Seen off. Fucking Corbyn used that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a prime minister and his chancellor got seen off. Absolutely seen off. By a I know slogan it was a seen off, but like I hear it in my head as absolutely seen off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, just what, what a result. What are you've had? You've had Corbyn in his acceptance speech when he won with an increased majority, as fucking usual in Islington North. Um, oh, and what a selection that was, by the way. Watching that was so good. Yeah. But did you see the state of that little fucking weasel Michael Foster? I saw you tweeting about him, saying he is about four foot. Yeah, he's fucking <laughs> tiny. He's this <laughs> slimy little cunt. Like, stood, back, stood next to Corbyn. And I don't know what it is, but Corbyn whispers something to him when it comes in that he gets 208 votes. It's that you'll never be this important. (laughs) (laughs) Have that, you fucking prick. Yeah. For the rest of, like, the speech, he stood there, like, in a shifty suit, like, trying to look magnanimous. I'm like, 
What a fucking embarrassment Michael of a man. Michael Foster is, he's just this fucking gibbering alcoholic mess. He's yeah. The, he's the guy who got fucking steamed and just yelled, Say the word Israel! At Corbyn when <laughs> Corbyn spoke at a Labour Friends of Israel event, which... That's <laughs> <laughs> like getting him to, like, say the word Israel. I didn't know that was, like, the whole point of their lobby. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, just, encouraging Corbyn to say Israel it's more like, times. Not actually do anything as long as he says it. Like if he just starts slagging off Israel all the time, is that okay? Like if because he's as saying as he's Israel, saying, he says the word. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like it's been an interesting result. You've had you've had Corbyn and McDonald on TV today calling for May to step down you've even had soobs who just clung on to her seat calling for may to quote-unquote consider her position but nobody's asking for corbyn to consider his position you've had tom watson you've had chukaramuna people on tv saying um you know jeremy has shown that he's still got a mandate to leave this party which he always fucking did have of course yeah of course he did point. yeah um so chuka has obviously put his leadership ambitions on hold and he's now saying that he'd actually be open to rejoining the shadow cabinet i bet he fucking would yeah i bet he would be open to come back to the shadow cabinet we don't fucking want him <laughs> you can fuck off yeah we're I... not that how stupid does he think we are he, he could he could have joined uh, the shadow cabinet in 2015 he could have been a you know a shadow cabinet of all the talents as edward heath would have said it would have had people as it did, in fact, from all sides of the political spectrum within the Labour Party. But people like Chuka, people like Yvette Cooper, who inexplicably thinks of herself as leadership material to this day, they thought they were too good for it. They didn't, you know, they were like... They thought they'd be better biding their time, like sharpening their knives, doing waiting to be ushered in. Benches. Yeah, yeah waiting off. for just this coronation where, like... They're put to the membership as the only possible candidate, yeah, which exactly. is the cornerstone of their project. Is coming across like it's me or it's fucking no one, nothing, no hope. It's my no way chance. or the highway. Yeah. But they've never had the fucking legitimacy to make that call. And like, I think Chucker now is making this pitch because he sees the writing on the wall. That's a fair bit of political nows from him. Yeah. I, that's better than I thought he'd be fucking like. I thought he'd just try anyway because he's a fucking moron. But. We know what happens when we try and conciliate. We know what happens when you stick fucking slugs in your top positions. Yeah. We know what it's like to have fucking Andy Burnham as a sop to the right in, as your shadow home secretary. You know, oh, we know what it's totally. like to have Hillary Benn as your shadow foreign secretary. Even more they will, Yeah, they will go to fucking stab us in the back. Nia Griffith is defense secretary. Yeah. And she's not even from, like, the proper right of the party. She's, like, soft left. That's how that's how careful we need to be. As I think I've said before, there's certain people who maybe haven't been loyal Corbynistas since day one who I think have earned a right to participate um, in this project kind of at the forefront. And, I, and the main example of that I'd give is Andrew Gwynne, who supported Owen Smith last year. But... Basically, since Corbyn won the leadership for the second time, Gwyn has, I'd say, probably become one of Corbyn's closest allies by the looks. Yeah, of it. he's been uh, re like representing Labour a lot and very competently in the media, getting fucking you know, <laughs> bundled by Boris Johnson, like putting a headlock. Like, <laughs> um, so, like, so like, there's others as well. Um, I think there's one phenomenally talented MP that I think would do 
brilliantly in a very high position in government or in opposition, which is Sarah Champion, yeah. who was one of the first to resign when it came to the coup and gave her reason that she didn't believe in Corbyn's leadership, was the first to come back, put her <laughs> hands up and know, you know, this didn't pay off. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Can I go back to work? It's can like I that. make an effort? Have you like, heard the story of when Larry David was working as a writer on Saturday Night Live in, I think, the late 70s or early 80s, but quite a while before he did Seinfeld. And basically, he just got sick of Saturday Night Live one day because he because they were like never airing the sketches he wrote. And he stormed out of the office uh, and he was like, I quit. You're all a bunch of fucking pricks. Like, fuck you guys. I'm out. of here." <laughs> and then when Larry David went home, he sort of was like, oh, shit. Like, I like, this is my my employment. Like, what am I going to do? So the next day. He just walked back into work as if nothing had happened. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, and Sarah Champion fucking pulled off the Larry David technique brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, I do actually have a lot of respect for her. I just think that's funny. I think she's a, she's been excellent in her role in the Shadow Cabinet. She's been one of the most prominent advocates of Labour's manifesto. And yeah, just gen- yeah, genuinely people like that who have shown themselves to be more kind of policy-focused than personality-focused, then they, they absolutely deserve a place in the project. Somebody who's all about uh, me, 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 like uh, Jess Phillips, then, of course, you know, she should just fucking stay in her constituency, like she says she might. Although, I don't, you know, I don't know how long she'll manage to stay away from the national press, but we'll see. Yeah, I think she's, like, not back down now, like... She's been put in a box quite a fair bit now with this. She mm. can't come back out now. Like Absolutely. she's been having a pop at the real politic account, which is good. Yeah, I saw that. It's quite funny. Uh, she and you used to have sort of like all her sycophantic ass licking followers, who are just like, what is it about these people that makes them think they're in any way socialists? Baffling. I'm like, well. There's the thing where we want the workers to control the means of production. That's the main sort of thing that I'd say makes us socialists. But, you know, I I think these people's definition of socialism is, you know, just like uh, doing an Owen Jones interview and saying you're going to murder Jeremy Corbyn. (laughs) Pathetic. I used to have that line of like, oh, I'm a socialist, Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, in my house, oh, we used to sing the Internationale. It's like, wow, what a surprise. Billy Bragg version. Politics is like, yeah, (laughs) Billy Bragg. For one, it'll be the Billy Bragg version, which is not as good as the regular. And two, it's, what a surprise, it's just all fucking an image. It's, you know, being a socialist is like having a red flag in your bedroom. Yeah. Or like singing the Internationale, but like also fucking singing D-Ream when it comes to it. Like... (laughs) Oh yeah, I, I'm like just—it's just like how in the '80s how everyone called themselves a democratic socialist, even though none of them were fucking socialists. How like Dennis mm. Healy would call himself a socialist, but would just be like, "Oh, socialism means austerity and bombs," and you're like, oh, "Whatever, fine, it doesn't." <laughs> but but now, like now, we have the leadership in our hands and cemented in our hands. We are not fighting the leadership challenge for a while. Thank fuck for that. that These no, people do no not need fucking the. The oxygen of publicity. Yeah, they don't need that at all. We use that Thatcherite phrase quite a lot on our show. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite Thatcherite. We use a lot of, like, Tory-derived phrases. We had the 
cabinet of all the talents. He's oh, flying. Yeah. <laughs> the we Powell have, references. Yeah, we like, have the uh, send them back. Make yeah. Britain Britain again. But... If you want a better world for your neighbour, vote Labour. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Oh, did you see that? I think it was an actual fascist, to be fair. I think it was fucking uh, Stephen Yaxley Lennon, a.k.a. Tommy Robinson, formerly of the EDL. He tweeted something like, if you want a terrorist for a neighbour, vote Labour. It's just like, come on. But like, who are you kidding? You're literally, you're replacing the word coloured with terrorist. Like, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty transparent stuff from Yaxley Lennon The fact that you're so fucking boring nowadays. Oh, God, yeah. Like, like, like with a real punk uh, rock. You know, yeah. Fucking Shut nerds. up. Fucking yeah, that's the thing. They're all just disaffected fucking, fucking nerds. Toilet. Beat the shit out of you, you fucking pricks. What, what a year it's been. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Oh, God. And what a night. What a day. Like, oh, What an everything. What an everything. Just all these dickheads just having to eat shit now. Because they were just completely wrong. Just completely, like, you know, just they just had this knee-jerk reaction to Corbynism. And that they couldn't shake. They couldn't shake. And, um, and everyone's coming out. Now and just being like, I, I fucked up. Or they're, or they're not, or they're just being kind of pathetic and being like that. I mean, nobody serious is saying this, but that that stupid nerd, um, fucking Marty Marty Robbins or something. Oh yeah, that fucking chinless freak. Yeah, he's just he's like gibbering um, tech nerd prick. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, anybody would have won. Like any competent leader would have like won a majority. What the fuck are you talking about, you absolute mug? We had that progress pedo in our mentions before as well, the one I quote tweeted with what's been my catch-all phrase. The one, some fucking fat-headed, nondescript piece of shit. It was like, oh, we had a chance to get a 97-style majority here. (laughs) Jeremy Corbyn blew it. And you're like, what fucking planet are you on? Oh my god, like, I just went, I went with Get Fucked, because I've said that about a hundred times, as anyone yeah. on the podcast can't will see, and he was just replied, like, you do know that Theresa May is our Prime Minister, you do know that we, we did lose, That that's what, I was like, ah, well, I've, oh, I've heard up. that this person, who for legal reasons we won't name, apparently had a reputation for getting their cock out to girls on Skype. this is just what we've been dm'd by a senior source but as we say we've told various people to get fucked and so we're not uh, gonna say which one it is yeah (laughs) i mean you definitely won't be able to find i mean famously our like tweets are subtle and nuanced and layered with all sorts of different traps so you won't be able to spot which is the one we've replied because i didn't just say what he tweeted either i didn't say his response or what his original tweet was. So none of you will be able to identify the progress pedo who gets his knob out to people. I'm sure of it. <laughs> we are legally completely clear. I think so. I mean, that, That's a funny that anecdote could be like, called for entertainment purposes. That could be like any old cunt in progress anyway. Like all of these fucking creeps. Well, while we're libeling, can I just uh, <laughs> say that's Mike Smithson? 
<laughs> that fucking turtle crawled back <laughs> turtle into his shell freak. last night. <laughs> oh, election data. Fucking curled up in there and died. Yeah, election kip, data. You kip, kip data. data. Did you kip data? Owen Smith data managed to avoid having another meltdown and calling everyone a cunt. I I haven't seen. I think at one point he was just like, you know what, guys? Exit polls are exit polls. I'm gonna step away from the computer <laughs> for now. Just in case all the Corbinistas come at me, you know, with their <laughs> targeted, coordinated abuse. I'm going to go to real life, you know? Maybe oh. step away from your computer. You're just like, you just fucking predicted a conservative majority of 126, and your job is polling. Speaking. You fucking fraud. <laughs> like, come on. Like, just because my entire life and career is all about polling doesn't mean that I pay any attention to the polls, okay? Doesn't mean, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm the kind of person who thinks you should trust these polls. I just literally make sure my life revolves around them. But yeah, speaking of targeted abuse, I was wondering if we could target a bit of abuse now to Matthew Goodwin, who, oh, just, yeah. who just tweeted... Three hours sleep in 36 hours, and Corbynistas screaming at me to eat my book. This day is bleak. Still, Westminster looking lovely this eve. Um, so that's because Matthew Goodwin said, I think, that if Corbyn... It was the most perfect liberal tweet I'd ever seen. He said that if Corbyn gets over... Was it 38%? Yeah, 38%. Then he will eat his anti-Brexit book that he's just written. Eat your book. Eat your fucking book, Matthew. Eat the fucking book. Wolf the fucking book down, Skipper. As our friend Hayley Massey said, the real fight starts now, lads. The fight to make Matthew Goodwin eat his book. And we will. We fucking will. Look we what we fucking did with man. the election. We can make some cunt eat a book. <laughs> what, so we, we can fucking do that. We destroyed Tim Farron in like two days with gay frog memes. Fucking scene off. We, we finished off Theresa May on polling day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom finally released his anti-Tory propaganda video. We made sure everyone was clear that a vote for the Tories is a vote for non-sing. And you know what? They didn't get a majority. Uh, I think there is not a pro nonsing majority in this country, as Rochdale proved. <laughs> Dank Shuck loses his deposit. Yes. Wait, didn't UKIP lose like a ridiculous amount of money as well, like hundreds of thousands of quid, like across yeah. the country? And they they're fucked. And that's after they ran in fuck all seats as well. They just yeah. let the Tories have loads of seats, and now. Paul Nuttall, who last thing I heard was going to be bringing the pain to Labour in their northern heartlands, has resigned as UKIP leader. It's a dream. Is it Hookham's time? I think that's the question. Is I think it's Mike Hookham's, Hookham's time. moment. What do they even fucking do now? Because they tried, you... it's like right populism, sort of Trumpist right populism, as if that's a movement and not just like a historical aberration that happened out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> they, they thought that was the way the tide was turning, which. It isn't. What do they do? They go to like Stephen Wolf, Suzanne Evans. So they try and be Stephen Wolf isn't like... in the party anymore. Exactly. So where the fuck do they go? <laughs> Suzanne like, Evans, I'd say probably. Yeah. Um... So they just go to like she is indistinguishable to Andrea Leadsom. Oh So yeah, they're just going to be the further right of the. I I don't. If that's Suzanne Evans, Suzanne Evans should just defect back. Yeah. She could probably get a safe seat. Well, actually, not anymore. But <laughs> like they don't represent anything anymore. We're out of Europe. 
the what's the sort of correct term for them? The hard right mm. or the like cranks. You know, the sort of the cranky they are right cranky. wing. You can't deny that these people are fucking cranks. Well, they they do have eccentric beliefs on things like, oh, like, lead, like imperial measurements and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Like who gives a fuck about any of that shit? Just like pathetic stuff. They want, like, fruit by the pound and the return of Borstal. Like, they are, like, <laughs> cranks. They're weird people. They, they just want, uh, you know, that film Scum with Ray Winston. Yeah. So I'm the fucking daddy now. Like, <laughs> they, they just want Britain to be that. Like, they want to return to that. For the underclass, at least, anyway. Yeah, but whereas the they just sort of, like, have a standard 1970s middle-class existence. Not too posh, not too rough. And, like, that's just, it's fucking, it's... Ridiculous! It's a ridiculous way, but they don't have agency to do that in the UK anymore because <laughs> they've just had their only place to go subsumed by the new ruling party in the United Kingdom, the Democratic Unionists, mm, who yeah. out of fucking nowhere <laughs> are the second most influential governing party or governing body in, in the fucking country. Yes. And these people are absolutely disgraceful. They're appalling. They're anti-abortion. They're homophobic. In fact, Northern Ireland is the only part of the UK that doesn't have equal rights for same-sex couples. And not only that, they don't have that because the DUP used their executive veto that was meant to be a non-sectarian veto. They used that to stop that coming into action in Stormont against the will of the people of Northern Ireland. Yeah, So it's not absolutely. even like they represent the majority. They are a petty, self-interested, insular, backward party full of disgusting loyalist sympathisers, yeah. like terrorist-praising, yeah. murder-loving, just psychopaths. And, Have you seen uh, the thing about what they do about the Battle of the Boyne? What's that? The reenaction of um, oh, William the Second killing James. Their ministers do a reenaction. Their fucking field ministers every, every year. They're not even their fucking supporters. They dress up in fucking Renaissance uniform and pretend to kill James the Second. Fucking, fucking ah, awful. Yeah. And it's just after the Tories perpetuating this one-sided version of the Troubles, throwing... It's like, oh, yeah, throwing, you're about to see the other side. Yeah, exactly, throwing this IRA shit at Corbyn, as if the UVF is so much better than the IRA. <laughs> the UVF, the UDA, mm. the fucking the British Army. Yeah, <laughs> the, the biggest terrorist organisation of them all. Like, you are going to see that fucking come to the fore now. The problem is, the biggest difficulty is, like, aside from the fact that the DUP are just fucking disgusting cretins who should be despised in this country by every single individual fucking and not allowed to hold our government together, the one problem is, they've been without a government now for months. One, yeah. because the DUP are so fucking corrupt and they were mm -hmm. caught out on it and power sharing fell apart. But all of that power sharing has been predicated on the British state being a neutral intermediate between Sinn Féin and the DUP. That's how power sharing has been set up from the Good Friday Agreement. And now you cannot have a British state that's neutral or impartial in dealing with Northern Ireland. Theresa May didn't take Northern Ireland seriously beforehand. She let them fall to fucking rack and ruin. Before the election, there was no attempt from James Brokenshire to really fix the power sharing problem. Who's James now, Brokenshire? 
He was the he's the Northern Ireland secretary. Oh, okay. And he was a men- he was meant to be put there to be a serious choice to get it fixed, but they've done nothing to alleviate it. Calling the election was a destabilizing thing for Northern Ireland in the first place, because now it's a fucking two party state completely. <laughs> that the UUP have fallen off completely. The Alliance Party have fallen off completely. The Nationalists have got huge uptake in representation in Northern Ireland. I noticed but that. Yeah. The Unionists. In um, Northern Ireland, and now the Unionists in Scotland are the only thing holding this country together in terms of the Conservative government, and that's that's absolutely remarkable. This uh, the nastiest strand of nationalism is coming to power, but not coming to power in terms of hegemonic power, but coming to power in the fact that it's the only thing keeping them in the doors of Number Ten. Should we talk about Scotland for a minute now that you've mentioned it? Yeah, that, I think that's that a good was segue. an interesting result. Um, so the SNP actually lost seats, didn't they? It was obviously going to be hard for them to beat their 2015 result, which was astonishing. But Labour gained seats, didn't they? And the yeah. Tories gained seats. Did the Lib Dems gain any seats in Scotland? Yeah, they, they got they, a fair few seats up in the air. Everyone, everyone did, okay. okay. The SNP well, were a disaster last night. Yeah, and uh, Angus Robertson, their leader in the House of Commons, lost his seat, didn't he? Which didn't... was fantastic. For every cunt Salmon... who rates like uh, parliamentarians, yeah, that's shut down. Yeah, <laughs> shut down. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Like, oh, you know, no matter what his politics are, uh, you have to respect the way he uh, dresses Theresa May at PMQs. His politics fucking bland, bland fucking cunt. shite. What are his fucking politics? Like, literally just some suit-wearing SMP apparatchik who's just, like, got no kind of, like, detectable politics. Well, I, I didn't like, I'm so all... glad to see the back of those dishonest fucking pricks. Yeah. Fucking smarmy arseholes who've got by for years straddling the left-centre border where they, you know, they won't back us on increasing corporation tax. But when it comes to it, when it comes to the media interviews, they're all, oh, well, actually... Uh, Corbyn's policies have been enacted by the SNP for years, and we'd love to help him lock out the Tories. Did and you? Then, s- yeah, they sorry. want us. They want us to be part of like a coalition with them, so they can name the fucking. Tra- but we're, we're not that stupid. Mm. Like they can fuck off. And I mean, I know that Keezia is a complete fucking car crash, and yeah. Scottish Labour is a cesspit. Oh, apart from SLYS and all the great comrades involved with them. Of course. But any fucking Labour MP is better than a fucking hundred. SNP MPs. I can't stand them. I'm so glad to see the back of them as a strong force. Oh, yeah. Like I say, it's just the kind of blandness. The fact that they're clearly not motivated primarily by socialism and social justice for the most part. Otherwise, they'd be in a party that was all about that rather than a party which is mostly about, you know, Scottish independence. I don't think that they're, like, you know, a racist nationalist party or any of the kind of more knee-jerk stuff. Uh, no, they're just Ukraine, fucking technocrats. English unionists tried to say, but yeah, exactly. They have almost this kind of Ian Duntian, Ian Duntley-ian um, <laughs> conception of politics where it's just kind of like... You, you know, you just tinker around the edges and fix it. I mean, I understand why some people in Scotland feel inclined to vote for SNP candidates, but I'm not altogether sympathetic. I was going to say a minute ago, did you hear that a few, a few days ago Nicola Sturgeon said that the SNP of a real pro-Corbyn party? Yeah, they're ridiculous. Like, the chutzpah of that. Like, just the fuck off. They've been saying balls. for so long how unelectable and useless we are. 
Yeah. And I, that's fine if you're saying that about Keyes oh, and Dugdale. You know, you're correct. Yeah. You know where Jason Cowley got the line, Labour have collapsed? It's for fucking Nicholas Sturgeon's speech. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there you go. Is it, are, are we moving on to meditating on um, friend of the show Jason Cowley yeah, for his fuck, sixth yeah, yeah, yeah. consecutive mention? It. You fucking melt! Hey! Wait, sorry, my throat is absolutely destroyed. But I think Cowley has a lot of fucking, not just egg, but fucking just like, just, just shit. Every, just, everyone's every shit on his face. Disgusting bodily fluid, fucking vomit dripping from his eye. Like, fuck Jason Cowley, that stupid man. I, I actually tweeted this last night, but literally nobody liked it, which I thought was odd because I thought it was fucking glaring. But Jason Cowley retweeted. John Rental's post of Matthew Paris's sycophantic ass-licking film about Theresa May that he did for Newsnight. Incidentally, on that same edition of Newsnight, Stephen Bush, an actual employee of Jason Cowley, the special correspondent at the New Statesman, he did a film about Corbyn, which was actually quite good. Um... Jason Cowley did not retweet that. So oh, of course not. Yeah, so it's like when it's some fucking Tory dickhead like Matthew Paris, like Matthew Paris, like some liberal Tory who like writes an anti-Boris Johnson piece and everyone's like, ooh, he's so woke. It's like, mate, he is a member of the Conservative Party. That is disgusting. And like, you know, I'm looking at his timeline now. And like... I was, you know, there's no such thing as a good Tory. I was just yelling when fucking Ken Clark was up on the screen last night. I was just like, rotten, corrupt, pederast. Just drop dead. Yeah. Please. Fuck off. Anyone who was in charge of John Major's economic strategy can fucking die like this second fucking wanker. Get them Uh, all out. But fucking hell, Jason Cowley. What a prick. He's just been on his, I'm reading his timeline now. Someone posted the thing about Diane Abbott's majority being almost as big as Theresa May's entire vote. And he quote tweets that with, all fine to pile up votes in safe seats, but this is Labour's third successive general election defeat and against a dire Tory campaign. Yeah, it's interesting that he decides to use Diane as his example when he's having a pop at Labour and safe seats. What a surprise. Yeah, his who, whole timeline is Labour lost, Labour lost, Labour lost. Labour didn't fucking lose, Labour won. It's, in, it's interesting that out of all his employees... Uh, he doesn't give Stephen Bush the credit he deserves. It's interesting that out of all the MPs in Parliament, he doesn't give Diane Abbott the credit she deserves. I, I wonder if there's something about Jason Cowley that leads him to have these perceptions of these people. But... Something deep, 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 in, like deep inside of him that he hasn't dealt with at all. Yeah. Some reason uh... why he just can't quite get along. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Yeah, certain like, people. Yeah, should we get? Like, I don't want to pay for it, but like, I want a copy of that last a Labour heading for electoral oblivion, the lowest seat since 1931 issue. I just oh. want a copy, just to hold it in my arms. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's honestly pretending like they called it right. Yeah. I know. He said, now it, they need to be amazing. a united team of rivals. Like, oh, go fuck yourself. Did you read Stephen Bush's morning briefing? I haven't read it yet. It's 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 really jubilant. Like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yes, no, like so. The one sort of like level-headed commentator at the New Statesman 
is actually uh, taken of this result and is quite happy with it. But with Jason Cowley, it's still this kind of sneering at everybody. I was right. You were wrong. And it's like, but you weren't. And he's tweeting sycophantic wank about Ruth Davidson as well. Yeah. Ruth rape clause Davidson. Like one of, another retrograde shit Tory politician who fucking liberal melts give just an undue amount of credit. Rather like Soobs who unfortunately hung on to her seat. And yeah, then by did the skin that, of her teeth. And then did that fucking steaming interview with uh, with oh god yeah the bbc just, like... thing she just looks fucking like pissed out of her skull and she, her face is like completely red and she keeps missing the questions or like just like... like a private school teacher at the end of the fucking christmas party yeah. bitching <laughs> about the headmaster baffled. yeah <laughs> she looks so confused um and now as we're moving on to um shameless liberal pundits that wouldn't apologize i feel it's right that we move on to one particular shithead snake liberal pundit who did apologize for the relentlessly anti-corbyn stance he's taken publicly and privately for the last two years i wonder who this is dear friend of the show owen jones ah yes (laughs) oh mate yes someone thinks they've got back in (laughs) <laughs> someone thinks oh do you know what i'll throw them a bone i'm gonna pitch to my editor today at the guardian you know what guys i was wrong and you know more than that jeremy corbyn would be a brilliant prime minister and this left movement is going somewhere now that is not what he's been saying to fucking anyone that'll listen for a good long while i think we know to a certain extent what owen's beliefs are on the viability of this project, what it's already achieved, how it's presented itself, how it's moved, and how it's moved without any fucking support. Any support. And I will never, ever stop being angry about the fact that he, for two years, has sat on his fucking hands doing nothing, absolutely nothing, to assist the cause. When we have needed it, when we have needed fucking anyone, like, just imagine if we had one voice in the media reliably who was pro what we are trying to do who was pro what we are trying to present what we did last night was without anyone and he has wasted his fucking chances and i bet you now he is dreaming of all the fucking guest spots on cnn and fucking chapo and the washington post (laughs) that he can get real politic real real the highest of the high he wants to get on the show and he's never getting on the show the new socialist he's never fucking getting in there either he is dreaming of being the fucking pro corbin wonder boy again well he can fuck off he is not coming back in he is not coming back in I, I, quite, I quite like the new Agitpod. I gave it a listen. I it won't listen to it Mark, still. Mark Steele thought it was quite, quite good. But, um... Why aren't we just taking their guests? <laughs> well, we, I mean, we are. We can, we can oh, already. yeah, we're getting oh, yeah. there. We'll ask around. You know, Ianucci, I'm sure Ianucci would be interested. Um, I mean, but... I, if I wasn't just crying and fangirling <laughs> for an hour and a half Act... of everything he says. Actually, and that's him being I mean, a liberal melt as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think maybe Armando, who doesn't really share our kind of perspective might find it a bit kind of you know the guy who wrote the thick of it might listen to our show and be like why are they just swearing about political (laughs) opponents all the time and stuff but um no i I was gonna say so regarding this 
lack of voices in the media representing our movement over the last two years. So Paul Mason gets a lot of shit, doesn't he? And we get a bit of shit for the fact that we obviously quite like Paul Mason. We like <laughs> him as a character, we do not like him as a pundit. I and mean, that's the thing we have to draw. Mm, like, yeah, but, but We I'm... do not agree with his batshit political beliefs that are so, like, <laughs> flickering either side of the spectrum wildly. <laughs> like a fucking, like, overloading nuclear reactor yeah, on a bomb that he wants to drop on Iran. Yeah, like, but, um, but, but the point I was going to make is that you have to look at the media landscape in this country and think, what does it say when Paul Mason was literally the only mainstream journalist who would come out and defend Corbyn last year? So the Corbyn project, you wouldn't necessarily think, is as pro- pro-nuclear, is as pro-intervention, is as anti-immigration, is as pro-police, is as pro-letting Blairites back into the fucking shadow cabinet, as all, you know, Paul Mason's worst beliefs. But I think Paul Mason is a good model for what conciliation looks like. We can have people like Mason with his terrible opinions on our side, as long as at the end of those terrible opinions, they say, but I support the Labour position. Now, that's yeah. fine. I'm happy to have a few more fucking slugs from the soft left, and that is as far as I'm going. The soft left come back in and say, you know what? I may think this on this. I think this on that. But Jeremy Corbyn has clearly got the mandate, and people are clearly behind him. What he says is what Labour policy is, and that's what we go forward and do. Even if that is not what I think would be the best idea. I think what now we're going to see is people recognising that they're not the fucking smartest man in the room. They're yeah. not cleverer than Jeremy Corbyn. They're not better at politics than Jeremy Corbyn. That's been not. proven. That you is know, clear. I, I think, you know, just Corbyn has shown himself in this campaign to be just so much better than people gave him credit for. And I don't think it's that he's... I think, actually, he has got better. But I don't think it's in a massive way. I think he was always good. Um, he's uh, as good at showing that he's under- good. Yeah, people, like, you know, did not sing his praises as much as they should have, as much as he deserved. But I think he has, obviously, as time goes on, you do got more kind of competent, more confident in his performances. You know, I think I think Corbyn has shown improvement, um, but people, I think, but, but now people actually have to give him some kind of credit for it. So a lot of it is more the way people are perceiving him than the fact that there's this massive change in what he's doing but i think he's shown everyone you know that he is this very nice very personable guy that's not everything of course but you know he is an intelligent guy he's not academically gifted obviously he's got he got shit a levels didn't go to uni but he he is a he is a smart guy he's a he's a thoughtful person um he considers issues deeply and as Matt Zarb cousin said to me when I interviewed him Corbyn will piss some people off because he always gives a nuanced answer but I'm sick of these overeducated people completely dumbing down themselves and 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 politics yeah and yeah absolutely and dumbing down politics in the process and acting like they have to be thick because everyone else is thick you know i i've said before i am sick of people with a university degree sick of people with a master's degree with city degrees or 
you know, yeah. uh, city careers rather, journalism careers, like yeah, but, well, real just, affluent backgrounds. Just any of. level of education, and they just claim this moronic knee-jerk shit because they see that as like, you know, the fucking normie on the street thinks that. So they're like, yeah, of course the West's military interventions don't have any role in creating terrorism. It's like, you dumb fuck like and they justify it with like some mythical character like oh you know bill my fucking guy who does the windows for me you know he drives a fucking white van and like yeah he loves racism and he loves fucking (laughs) lager and he thinks oh no terrorists are fucking terrorists my my taxi driver said to me oh that jeremy corbyn don't know what he vote for him governor he's a bit of a right daffer in him that diane abbott what she's black and all that business and it's all just like these fucking these cosseted fucking PPE grads who have just been ushered through life in the most like pleasant manner possible to just have nothing but comfort and joy and happiness in every aspect of their lives apart from the fact that you know they might not be getting the intellectual fulfillment they're trying to chase and having a fucking base hack career or a yeah. fucking hacky political career these people constantly apply their own innate prejudices that they can't reconcile with their you know whole fucking centrist like i take one opinion and this opinion put it together and find the rational answer way of thinking things those little niggling issues that they have they have to project onto some mythical working class man or working class woman who won't stand for societal change or won't stand for anything beyond the orthodox. And, so and it's, when, it's when repulsive. Do, I know a lot of people who are working class who find this so offensive, so insulting, and so demeaning. Yeah, it's the most repugnant stereotype that every sort of working class person, uh, at least in as much as they need to be targeted for votes by politicians, is, you know, the sort of desiccated old fucking dinosaurs yelling at Corbyn about nukes in the debate the other day. Like, um... That's the British people. But, you know, as this result has shown, that's absolutely not the case. Of course not. And I think we need to get our lines set. These people are literally fucking dying. Maybe not as quickly as if we dropped the nuclear bomb as they're so desperate to do, but they are literally on the fucking way out. They will not exist. Stephen Bush, to quote our favourite from a new statesman, yet Stephen Bush has always said that Corbyn's electoral coalition is the Britain of, like, 20 years' time. But, yeah, you, you know completely. What? But that, that, like, Britain now has had a pretty fucking big stake on its yeah. future. I think yesterday's voter turnout, and especially yesterday's youth turnout, which was even more impressive than the already very impressive voter turnout, which I think uh, 70% overall, 72% for the youth, which is incredible. It shows what uh, we can do. It shows that the country is already changing. It shows that we can accelerate this project. And with Corbyn at the head of it, we're not having to just all think about uh, succession plans and stuff now, are we? We're saying with Jeremy Corbyn at the head of our party, we will go into the next election, which will be before 2022, and we will win. It'll be in the next year. It'll be in the next year. We've got our manifesto ready. You know, we could probably fucking push it further if we wanted to, but the fact of the matter is, everyone knows what the Labour Party stands for now. Everyone knows that the Conservative Party have no mandate and no right to put through any of the garbage fucking policies that nobody supported and nobody liked. 
Yeah. Nobody. Uh, we, they cannot yeah. put that through. And people know what we stand for now. Yeah, and it's interesting the policies that have actually cut through the most in this campaign have been the Tories' bad policies. They've been, like, fox hunting, because people are like, oh, the Tories, they're callous and cruel. It's been the dementia tax. Other things like criminalising non-payment on um, tuition debt. Fucking like, rank. Really nasty shit like that. Can't yeah. go through anymore. Cannot go through anymore. It's because awful. every single fucking thing they do will be forced down the wire oh, by... Yeah predominantly the Labour Party, who I hope use their platform to constantly underline the fact that this Prime Minister has no legitimacy in being where she is now and no right to lead a government. It's going to be major after Black Friday all over again. It's going to be murder. actually had a kind of majority. Yeah, it's going to be fucking murder. (laughs) We're going to grind. It's going to be fucking disgusting. We are going to wipe them out. Think of all the U-turns that Corbyn forced the Tories into whilst they had a majority. (laughs) Whilst they had a majority and whilst the party was fucking fighting him, I think the party will calm down from fighting him, at least publicly. Yeah, I think so. we have a huge, once in a, not even a generation, because this has never happened for the British left before. What we are seeing, and I tweeted this out this morning or this afternoon, whenever the fuck I woke up, that what we are seeing is no less than the death of consensus conservatism. Conservatism as a governing force, and I am not being hyperbolic, you can take a fucking note of me saying this and come back to me after the next election. Consensus conservatism is dead as a governing ideology. They will limp on for however long, as much as they can, because ultimately their aim is based upon power and the maintenance of power and no actual desire to transform or reform this country. Mm. Their ideology is dying. And we, at the next election, and the election after that, have the capacity to make fucking mincemeat of them. And I mean, you can put 97 style figures into your head beyond that. We have momentum behind us. We've already got the most votes we've got since 1997, haven't we? Yeah, the most votes since 2001. It's the most actual votes since 1997, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Also, it's way more than anything David Cameron achieved. Yeah, like in both 12 million <laughs> votes we put on from the last election, three and a quarter million votes. Yeah, but in I mean, one in six weeks yeah, from 25 percent in the polls with two years of no support, <laughs> we're in as, the ascendancy. As we were saying with Aaron on our last episode, it's the biggest swing ever in British politics from you know negativity to positivity. Yeah, I, oh God, I had another thing to say, but I'm so tired of I've already forgotten it. But what I have been wanting to say for a few minutes is I think we need to turn our attentions to the mainstream media. And, you know, I think things can't go on as they were. No. In places like The Guardian, places like The New Statesman, they need to realign. They need to start representing what is actually happening in left-of-centre politics. Yeah. Because the extent to which they will depart from the centre is absolutely tiny there. The vast majority of uh, of left politics is unrepresented in the British media. So Jason Cowley needs to get the sack. Jonathan Friedland at The Guardian needs to get the sack. Polly Toynbee, whatever, keep her churning out her, you know, boring columns. But, to, you know, take away her editorial position if she's still got one. These people are irrelevant. 
Like, they need they, to be consigned to the dustbin where they belong. They don't have a clue what's going on. But it's not just about a purge. It's about hiring new people as well. It's about The Guardian giving Gary Young a promotion or Dawn Foster a promotion. Or Adisha Chakraborty a promotion. Yeah, or Maya Goodfellow. There are some great people writing at The Guardian who actually really are in tune with recent developments on the left and would create a much higher standard of journalism, but not just in terms of commentators. I think that there is a dearth of reporters yeah. as well who have a left perspective. And so they see everything within these very, very narrow parliamentarian electoralist kind of parameters. Yeah, because half the reporters are getting their like news, they're getting their copy from leaking Labour MPs. No yeah, one is precisely. covering... The entire, like, look at the lack of response the uh, the alternative models of ownership report yeah. got. Fuck all. Absolutely fuck all, because there is no one even curious enough to look at the Corbyn project and what the Labour Party is trying to functionally do on a day-by-day basis, because they're too busy playing fucking leaks and whispers we, and drinking we need... in the fucking Commons bar. Yeah, exactly. We need people who can write about parliamentary politics, about mainstream politics in this country, but from not just a left perspective in terms of their personal convictions, but a perspective that actually has an understanding of the left. Yeah, and we need, like, we don't just need Corbyn cheerleaders. That's not what we're calling for whatsoever, because we are no. the first to admit that that's not what we want in an ideal media. As much as like we would like a world where we say nothing but good things about Jeremy Corbyn because he's prime minister and pushing things through. What we yeah. need more in this country and more in our press is critics, actual yeah. critics, people who can critique Theresa May, people who can critique the government, who can critique the Conservative Party, who can critique the Labour Party, who can critique capitalism, who can critique our economy, our local economies, our national economies, our international yeah. trade. We need people who can analyse and criticise accurately and in a way that informs people. So not just people are informed by that, but the people involved in that know they're held up to specific scrutiny and criticism and can adapt accordingly. That's how yeah. we advance. We need the, critics. We need people who are going to look at the situation on all sides, in good faith, not for editorial lines, not for lobbies, not for any sort of interests around that. People who can critique in the public interest. That is what we need in our media. Yeah, exactly, because the level of analysis now that it's is incredibly shallow. There was a while ago a quite prominent journalist on the left said that Corbyn's, at that point, his failure, basically, Corbyn was very much behind in the polls, was being attacked on all sides within his own party. This was earlier in 2017, that this was nothing to do with anything institutional within the Labour Party or the media or anything. It was purely down to incompetence. But the fact is that it's never going to be purely down to anything. It's never going to be purely down to the fact that Corbyn is... I mean, we've always, we've always said that this competence that everyone throws about is such a kind of vague and specious notion. But there are always going to be multiple forces, and that's the kind of analysis we need to get away from. We need to understand that things have a nuanced response. Things have you know, a variety of different causal factors and reasons behind them. Like We need to get on board with the idea of nuance, because yeah. seeing things too simplistically and too through a binary lens for too long has done nothing but completely damage the discourse we have. And 
I'm glad that this election has been a vindication that such a binary view of politics hasn't permeated into everyone's minds, because I think what we have seen is a very binary election campaign from the Conservative Party that has failed, supported yeah. by binary analysis in the press, which has failed, which has not cut through, has not sustained itself. And I hope now we understand that, well, for one, the biggest challenge of anyone is getting to grips with why Labour succeeded, not in bad faith, not in seeking to redress your political alignments or anything like that, to have a cold, hard look at why Labour succeeded and why the Conservatives failed. And with that, you will need to look at the influence of Jeremy Corbyn and the substance of what he puts to the British people. People are still trying to spin this election as all about Brexit. Did you see, <laughs> did you see Joy Ann Reid? Oh, mate. Some oblivious fucking American Hillary Clinton supporter saying, I would bet May's collapse had, well, you'd bet, okay, that's uh, obviously a very informed analysis here. I would bet May's collapse had more to do with her poodling with Trump, Brexit fatigue, and her overreaction to the terrorist attacks than a great wave of transatlantic socialist revival. And by the way, such a revival was not evident in the US last year, based on the primaries. Fucking bullshit on the bit about her own, her own country for a start. The most we... popular politician in the fucking entirety of the United States of America, and that's in a country where polls really do hold up because they poll people all the fucking time. The most popular politician in that country is Bernie Sanders. And, and that's because of what he believes in. And is it just young people in America, or is it more? But it's polls more. show that they're more sympathetic to socialism. Oh yeah, are, young are people are like yeah, socialism is something they align with more. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. But that more does to the seem... point on Joanne Reid, like that line about oh, it's probably poodling with Trump, Brexit fatigue, Brexit and, fatigue, which is fuck off. And what was the That's other one? Was um, fuck off. Oh, oh, overreaction to the uh, terrorist attacks. Do you what? know who shifted? All of that onto Theresa May. Yeah, Who exactly. made it about, look, she is overstepping the mark on her response because she knows she's fucked up, because she knows that she could look weak otherwise, so she tries to politicise two terrorist attacks. That was led by the Labour Party. As for yeah. Brexit fatigue, we relentlessly pushed it away, so we made them push more and more and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about it when the national conversation had moved on. And who moved that on? Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, Poodling with Trump. Who fucking brought that up? Who made that a factor in this election? Jeremy Corbyn and Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. To say it's not a wave of transatlantic socialism is just more fucking doing down from the biggest fucking losers in the pundit class. I mean, just the Hillary people, people who were just how worthless. How these people are scared by socialism. They hate it. They really don't want anything like that to They're happen. worthless fucking dirt. I mean, why anyone's still paying anyone who came out to bat for Hillary like that after yeah, being it's... so fucking humiliated like that? You're a fucking joke. It's just fucking embarrassing. Like, you're offered a candidate who will give you universal health care, but you're like... Nah, I'd rather me and everyone poorer than me still has to pay for healthcare. Fuck you! I mean, I'm the whole fucking like she wouldn't even come out to the back, like not even like a oh let's work towards it, but try and be incrementalist at first. She didn't even try that. That old line that I always remember about Hillary from that campaign was about minimum wage. And the big, the huge campaign in America, which is done brilliantly and supported by Sanders, is the fight for fifteen, the fight for a fifteen dollar minimum wage federally approved. Yeah. And Hillary, when met with that. Instead of going, oh, we can harness that and we can try and take that against the Trump campaign, said, literally said, 
How about twelve fifty? <laughs> compromise, pathetic, compromise, compromise. You know, it's rather like the inadequate minimum wage that Labour were proposing at the last election. Yeah, which is dismal. Whereas Corbyn yeah. and McDonald go out to bat for ten pound an hour, and bam, yeah. it captures yeah, exactly. the imagination. It's as simple as that. Ten pound an hour, not oh well, we want it to rise two percent above inflation to represent a boost in living standards over five years. <laughs> These people don't know how to do fucking politics. That's why Miliband was so fucking useless. That's why his campaign was so fucking useless. That's why no one listens. That's why no one cares. He's another one who's eating shit about Corbyn, though, now, isn't he? Yeah. You've even had Owen Smith on TV today saying, I was wrong. I know everyone finds my Welsh accent when I impersonate Owen Smith really offensive. So I was wrong. I did. I shouldn't have challenged. Co- fucking hell, with my throat like this, I, re- I really can't do it. Sorry, sorry. I, everyone's relieved. I know. <laughs> Stop going into a clinic. I will Neil... tell you about false promises. Oh God, Neil Kinnock's speech at the PLP last year. He was just yelling, like, Corbyn is a prick! I hate Corbyn! It's like he's losing his mind, it's like, yeah, fucking... He was just stamping his feet, fucking spittle flying everywhere. It was frightening. It was like Charles like... Foster Kane at the end of Citizen Kane, <laughs> trashing his it fucking was... bedroom. It was actually scary. He seemed like an unhinged man. If he wasn't, like, fucking 110, like, you'd think he'd just come out and just, like, deck the nearest left winger. I'd fucking deck him, and I'd fucking be proud of that. on record as doing. Yeah, fuck that prick. Fuck his fucking son as well. He'll punch old Neil Kinnock. I'd punch him in the fucking face. I'd punch him in the face. I'd try and knock him down. (laughs) I hope you're listening, Neil. And his fucking non-son. Oh, yeah, fucking his son's, Putin his lizard son's a scumbag. Cunt. Yeah, and his son's real father, prick. Even though, although, although he doesn't <laughs> no, 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 salary. No, 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 he's good, so. he's good. Yeah, sorry, good. sorry, 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 Vlad, sorry, Vlad. sorry, 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 apologies, but, um, <laughs> I, I think we, we should, um, wrap up in, yeah. in a minute, so this has been a fucking riot. As soon as possible, but uh, what, I mean, what are our final thoughts? I think mine would be that I think Corbyn has shown that this project, that this radical left alternative, is the only way for a left of centre party to win in the modern day. You're not going to get anywhere with the same milk toast centre left tinkering around the edges. It's not happening. What we need is bold reforms, reforms that people feel genuinely excited about, that people feel genuinely hopeful about, that people can understand, that aren't too fucking cold and technocratic, that they don't make sense to the average person. I'm not calling people stupid. I mean, like, there's a lot of policy I don't fucking understand. But (laughs) wonkishness is never going to cut through. Exactly, exactly. So you can be intelligent and accessible, and I think that's what our manifesto and our platform is it's it's the right kind of policies that are necessary it it can go further of course and i think it should it should fucking go further and we should use this period until the next election to perhaps work out a harder stance on reversing disability benefits and stuff like that however labor is i think the highest polling Social oh, Democratic, yeah, left of centre party in Europe. In the, the world. Moment. Yeah, in the world. Well, so, fucking 40% I think... for a Social Democrat party. 
I think doesn't, Mor- doesn't Morales or someone? Yeah, Morales does, eye. but like I'd say, he, he's more avowedly socialist, and the whole okay, pink tie yeah. thing, like, Morales, he earns the position he has because he's a fucking inspirational politician. He's and an excellent politician. Yeah, he is the fucking boy. But boy. I think in terms of, like, conventional parliamentary parties, we are, like, 40 fucking percent of the vote for what we were putting forward. It's just, it's unheard of. It's completely unheard of. You can take so much from this, and, like, it's such a heartening experience. What it is is just pure invigoration. And as I was saying this to a um, friend of the show, Jack Taylor, it's vindication. Yeah. He says that he's vindicated in supporting me through the campaign. And of course, absolutely, because this is vindication. This is <laughs> proof that we were fucking good at politics, that what we were saying was cutting through, that is good for people. I want to, like, throw it out there because... We've got a lot of like cultural theorists and <laughs> who listen to the show, <laughs> and the shout out um, to James Schneider who once got sort of done by the press for like quoting Gramsci. But to oh, paraphrase Gramsci, to, yeah, like saying how his Italian communist Antonio Gramsci is. Oh he, yeah, yeah. Like, again, it's that thing of like they get angry at McDonald for reading Marx, and it's because they're fucking idiots. Yeah, like these people are not intellectually credible. At, very, like, like, say, at the maximum, they like did a chapter of Marx to do like fucking debate yeah. about at Oxford. And they all laughed at it. They're people, they've been to university, they've fucking read a lot of books uh, quite a lot of the time, or they've just fucking, you know, skimmed through them for their exams. But they actually should know better than this. They really do. They actually, in the back of their minds, are aware that it, it is helpful to your intellectual development to read Marx or to read Gramsci, but because they have their entire worldview is shaped by their contempt of the ordinary person in the street, they will continue to trot out this fucking moronic notion that... That the only you know, thing you can, like, inform yourself with is fucking goggle box and fucking yeah, focus groups. Read, yeah, exactly. You're fucking watching, like, Duck Dynasty or Mrs. Brown's Boys. Yeah, the Stella Creasy line that you can't be fucking Labour leader unless you watch fucking Mrs. Brown's boys. But back onto like that sort of that old like so heavily quoted. I'm no fucking expert on Gramsci, but like mm-hmm. the line about the old world is dying and the new one struggles to be born. Yeah. Now is the time of monsters. Like <laughs> this is good because the old world is fucking dying and the new one is <laughs> coming to fucking fruition now. Yes, this is we, a, a post-Gramscian we... point. Here we fucking go. This is big. This is yeah. so fucking big. Like, do not let anyone dishearten you. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Do not yeah. let anyone tell you that the effort you made in this campaign or the support you've had over the last year, two years, however long you've been a dedicated socialist, this is vindication. If you think Corbyn's socialist values, the values now embodied by our Labour Party, are right and good and what is necessary for society, then don't let some fucking quizzling in a suit from the Guardian offices snorting and fucking sniggering at anybody vaguely younger or more idealistic or more well-read in Gramsci from themselves tell you otherwise. Because these people don't know shit. They're insufferable, smug pricks who led us into every major disaster of the last fucking 30 years. So fuck these people, man. Their time is coming to to an end. Go to rallies. 
go this out to my... fucking events. Don't care that uh, you get fucking like laughed at by dickheads like fucking Philip Cowley going, yeah. oh, I wonder if, oh, why aren't you in work? Go fuck yourself, mate. Get out there. Support Corbyn. Go fucking canvas. Keep on telling people. Keep on telling family members. Keep going out there. We're winning. Keep fucking getting the message out. And a, and a direct appeal to journalists working at The Guardian, because I know there are some of you who are really good. Don't listen to Friedland. Don't listen to Toynbee. Don't listen to Raphael Bear. For fuck's sake, don't listen to Matthew Don't get Bancola. nervous at the fucking pub. Don't These get worried when everyone sniggers at your fucking political beliefs. You don't think you have to apologise. Yeah, you, you don't have to apologise for what you believe. You know what's going on, and they don't. You don't have to backtrack. They do. They're the ones who should be resigning and fucking, you know, going and locking themselves up in the monastery in sheer fucking indignity. We need <laughs> confidence. This movement needs confidence. We have the electoral support. We have the numbers on the fucking board that they said we would never get, and we need to rouse to our feet and take the ability that we have and the beliefs that we have and the thinking and the talent that we all have and, and take it out there. And we got a lot of it. There's and we need so to many fucking win. Incredibly talented people on the left doing just grunt work for the Labour Party. People who should be in the PLP, people who should have senior positions at the leaky fucking sieve that is Labour HQ. Having to run but around for these don't. fucking kept dickheads who just keep their jobs for knowing people at the right time and just yeah. stay on and cling to the very fucking bitter end, even though no one likes them. They have no one but a few fucking journo contacts left. They're still fucking posting out shit on Twitter and trying to keep fucking any relevancy they can. And you have I've... so many talented young activists just taken for a fucking ride trying to deal with these people. You yeah. should be the ones in power. Like, you activists, you're the future of the left. Like, Young, not just young, but left-wing, progressive, passionate, hard-working activists. You're the future of the left. Stick with your friends. Make sure you stay close with people who know that you're for real, who know that you're passionate about this. Who know that and you're talented aren't going to, and know and that aren't you going can work to, for a better fucking cause. And aren't going to constantly piss on your bonfire. Because the Corbyn moment that happened in 2015 was the most colossal wasted opportunity. Now we've been able to claw back some of that momentum now, but it's fucking pathetic. Hundreds of thousands of people joined this party, an unprecedented burst of excitement around the Labour Party. But because these fucking wankers had to say, oh, it's nothing worth getting excited about, it's not how you win elections. These people in the Labour Party who couldn't celebrate this unequivocally positive development, they basically told the general public outside of the party that this was a bad thing dragged us down in the ratings for two years. Well, you know what? People have seen what we're actually about now. Keep and and the train uh, on the this track. This shit is not going to work anymore. This shit is not going to work anymore. I want to see every centrist wanker who's written fucking complete, perpetual untruths about the Labour Party, about Jeremy Corbyn, about us, his supporters, for the last two years. I want to see them 
as fucking lonely and ostracized as George Eaton eating his fucking packed lunch <laughs> on his own every fucking day at the New Statesman offices. Even fucking Cowley, even fucking Lewis walking past him, hoping they don't make eye contact. <laughs> Keep Fuck the, the train on the track. Because if it's on the fucking track, there is literally nothing that can stop us. We had it motoring through the country in 2015. We did it again in 2016. We've done it on a national scale in 2017. Let's not stop. And I believe we shall best win this battle, which is a historic battle for the future of our country. If we arm ourselves with a weapon we have allowed to go rusty in our scabbard, which is the moral appeal to a nation, to point out that it is wrong to starve the health service to build the trident. Wrong to let... But it is wrong to let old people die of hypothermia and close the pits that could give them energy to keep them warm in the winter. That it is that it is wrong to condemn young people to the scrap heap when we live in a country with so much to do. Comrades, uh, we are a moral crusade. What we are fighting are not individuals, not even the structures of a system that has failed. We are fighting rotten, decaying values with better values of decency, justice and hope and with those we shall win next time. Let's do this. Okay, you've been listening to The Real Politic Podcast, our post-election special. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> We're still reeling from a result. But, oh, wow. Like, Fuck. <laughs> just remember how you felt when you realised what was going to happen and realised that it was, it was all you unequivocally one of the best nights in my life yeah and we're gonna have much better and that's the very best part of it this is just the beginning the long walk to power maybe won't be so long after all comrades we're gonna do it (laughs) we're gonna do it we're gonna do it all right thanks for listening guys cheers see you later
It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. 